Welcome to Winning Minds. We're not negative, we're positive. We don't get bitter, we get better. We don't lose, we win. We understand that life is more than what happens to you. It's about how you respond. And that response starts in your mind. And if you can change your mind, change what, how, and the way you think, you will change your life. Welcome to a positive mind, a better mind, a winning mind. I am your host, Fred Lavalley, and this is the Winning Minds Podcast. This is part two of my conversation with Javi Gaona. If you haven't heard part one, please go back and listen to it first so you can understand and appreciate all that Javi has to say here. In this episode, we discuss more of his life and particularly the challenge of asking for help. If you think you need help, if you want help, I encourage you to ask for it, look for it, and do not stop until you find the help you need. Javi found it and wants you to know there is hope. Things can change. So thank you for listening, and I hope this episode contributes to your next winning decision. There was no one in any of the schools that ever tried to reach out, mentor you, talk to you at all or anything like that? No, and, and you know, the teachers aren't to blame for it. I had a very good relationship with many teachers and, and, and principals because I was always the jokester making mm-hmm. everyone laugh, you know, always pulling pranks here and there. So in that sense, you know, they would always talk to me. But as far as, hey, Javi, how is your life doing at home? Never, I, I, I was never reached out to. Never. Oh, wow. So basically no one almost, unless they were family or unless they knew, no one had any idea what was going on. Exactly. Nobody did. And so, you know, that's the thing that I'm pretty sure a lot of kids deal with you know in high school and middle school was there any desire to talk to anybody about it or you were just like I don't care I'm not telling anybody I'm just gonna live life what was going through your mind during that time well yeah you know that's a very good question it was a little bit of both you know like you know like I said I lost the sense of accountability so you know I was like hey you know what I'm free I don't need nobody to tell me what to do and what's right and what's wrong that was one part of it another part of it was if they don't ask, I'm not telling. And, you know, I, you know, looking back, you know, you do, no matter what front you put up, you do feel that loneliness and you do feel that, that feeling, hey, you know, I want somebody to care and somebody to ask, you know, personal stuff like that. So I did want it, but it almost got to the point, you know, over time where I, I just closed and myself out to everybody I was just you know my shell was just getting I would say over over me more and more and more you know I was closing myself to that because nobody ever really showed a sign of to to care so I'm like hey you know what If if they don't care then I don't care either how were you able to manage the emotions just the the wounds and the pain that led you to begin this path as a you know 13 year old kid there's only so much you can control when you're 13 it's it's not a whole lot you can't control mm-hmm. but as life went out of control and then you're now you know years later how are you able to do that <laughs> that's a very interesting question you know what that is something that uh, i was actually pondering about as well is you know there was many many times where I was at the brink of my, uh, um, you know, I guess emotional state. And so 
how did I manage? It's not necessarily that, that I managed. It's more of cover up or fronting, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I never really dealt with those emotions like, like yeah. I should have. It was more of a, hey, you know what? Let me put that to the side. Hey, you know what? I can worry about that tomorrow. Hey, yeah. you know, so it was, I, I, I would always put my emotions in the back seat. Yeah. And eventually I had a trunk full of emotions, <laughs> which mm. led me to blow up. <laughs> so have you, have you dealt with those emotions that you held in for so long? Or are you still dealing with them? Just, you know, people are, are listening and they're probably going through a lot of the same things. What, what could you say to them? that you discovered as you worked through things or maybe continue to work through things. I don't know, but if you could just talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, we're always going to have emotions and the past is always going to be in our mind. And so what I do now, Fred, is instead of using all those bad experiences to plague me or to create a victim mentality, I use it as stepping stones. I use it as learning experiences. Hmm. For instance, you know, I'm not going to go too much in detail on my parents' separation, but I now understand, hey, if I don't want my kids, my family to go through the same uh, hurt and destruction that I went through, I'm not going to follow my parents' footsteps that's just one instance and two i would say those learning experiences made me stronger made me the man i am today because you know we all make mistakes the thing is what are you going to do with those mistakes are you mm-hmm. going to are you going to let them plague you and keep on hurting you your whole life or are you going to learn from them and so i learned from all those mistakes you know i learned the importance of accountability of parents. So instead of pushing that aside, I can use that for future generations, for my kids, for, you know, teenagers that I see from, you know, anywhere I can try to help them in that sense. And I can try to help them manage and work through their life. If that makes sense. Yeah. It makes me think of uh, just a real, uh, casual definition of accountability. I heard someone say once that accountability is not meant to get you in trouble. It's meant to keep you out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So what would you say to, you know, you were in middle school, high school, and then you said there was times that you wished that somebody would ask you about what's going on in your life and, and in your, in your emotions Mm-hmm. I guess two questions. I'll ask the first, why did you never take the initiative to approach anyone and to talk to them about it? Well, I would, I would say because I thought that nobody cared and you know, it's almost backwards. If they don't ask me, then nobody cares. And so that's why I never took the initiative to even try to. And, you know, I do remember trying to open up to a, teacher I can't remember he or she or anything but I do remember trying to reach out to one and they kind of just 
blew me off. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe you just need to go see a doctor. Maybe you just, you know, so there wasn't no real, uh, you know, there wasn't no real proof of, hey, you know what, they care. And so after that, I kind of just said, hey, you know what, nobody cares about me. And so I would say that's why I never took that initiative because I just never thought that nobody really cared. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody in your same situation? They're going through, they have things going on in their life. No one's reaching out to them because they can't see it. Or, and you know, there are some people who don't care. Not everybody cares. What would you tell somebody who's going through that? I I would definitely tell them, reach out to somebody from your school, a teacher, you know, and I'm not saying every single teacher, you know, you know, reach out to them, but open up, never be scared to open up to a teacher or to even your, your principal or counselor. Mm-hmm. I would recommend that, you know, because my thing too, I was scared to open up, you know, I, you know, I was scared to, express my true feelings and emotions and you know what i think that is one of the biggest things that i see from young teenagers is they're just afraid or they just yeah they're they're just afraid to really express and open up about their emotions and their feelings and how they're thinking and how they're feeling so i would say what were you specifically you talk about that fear you see in other people you experienced that how mm-hmm. could you describe that fear? What were you afraid of? Well, I was afraid of, you know, just going back to it. What if I tell them and then they don't end up caring? That's, mm-hmm. not, that's one. Two is what if they think, you know, it's not fixable? You know, what if they think, yeah, yeah, well, you know, maybe you just, you know, shrug it off or whatever. Some other things is, you know, maybe maybe they think that you're weird or, you know, basically you get real self-conscious like yeah you know maybe they think that i'm the only one dealing with this so therefore i'm very strange Mm -hmm. because you're dealing with those problems like whoa you know you're having some super weird problems (laughs) i'm not even so you know i'd say it's just a issue of self-conscious too you know they you know they're just scared to open up because you know the more you open up the more chance it is to for you to trust that person and when you trust there's always that chance of that trust being broken. So yeah, which is the whole reason why you're feeling these emotions and going through this in your life because the people you trusted the most, exactly, that relationship has been broken. So you're broken. So that's it. Just that injury. You're afraid to exactly. even walk on it to take it to the next person. But what exactly. I hear you saying is that you're not the only one. Obviously, your story. I wonder how many people can relate to it. And it's just hopefully they'll hear this and realize I'm not the only one. I'm not weird. Yeah. I'm not crazy. I, and I need to speak with somebody, exactly. uh, a school or a principal, a counselor. You know, and my biggest advice I would say is look for a church, a Christian church and look for a pastor. Look for a youth leader, you know, that they will understand you probably more than anybody else will. Yeah. In a sense. And so. I would definitely recommend a church that is, you know, that's what I did. I reached out to a pastor that I knew mm-hmm. and I reached out to, to, to a church. And I would say that was the pivotal point of turning my life around back to good. And so I just hear what you're saying is, yeah, you're in that when you're 13 and you're going through all of this. 
And it's almost like you kind of lose hope. You're like, who cares? You know what? They don't care. I don't care. I'm just going to live life and whatever happens, happens. But you're a, a good example of you went down that path and you went down deep down that path. But in the end, there was still hope. You hadn't lost too much that that prevented you from actually being able to win. You've You've pulled yourself out of that. You've dealt with those emotions. You've made decisions to change how you, you know, you treat your, your wife now. Your relationship was on the rock and you've mended that and made it better. It sounds like your you know, relationship with your family, you've made decisions to surround yourself with good people, people that'll hold you accountable. It's a, that's a, that's a deep story. You've definitely, uh, wouldn't say expose a lot. You've opened up about a lot and made yourself very vulnerable. So I hope people can appreciate this and relate to this and understand that no matter how vicious the downward spiral has been for their life, that they can change, that there is hope for them. It's not lost and not broken beyond repair, but they can make decisions. They can change and they can begin to win in life. Exactly. You know, my advice is there is always hope out there. Uh, there is always that light at the end of the tunnel. And I know that's a cliche, but it's true. Whenever you're at rock bottom, remember, the only way to go up, the, the go is up. There's always hope. You know, you're never alone. Hmm. You're never alone. Uh, and your life can get better and will get better. Will you get to that point where you decide, hey, you know what? My life will be better. And you start making great choices, great decisions, and your life will get better. And I I am a living example of that. Yes. And it all starts with being willing to ask for help. And you finally did that when you were rock bottom. You said you were in jail and finally you reached out and said, enough is enough. I need help. You did it. And that puts you where you are now. So that's a tremendous story. I hope people get a lot of hope and inspiration from it. And if they're going through something like that, I just pray that they would reach out for help and that they would find the help that they're looking for. Thanks for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it and found it useful. Please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast and post a comment. And then tell two people today about Winning Minds. I hope you'll join us on the next episode. But until then, keep your mind healthy and keep winning with the Winning Minds podcast. Winning Minds.